0: Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls podcast supported by Blue Collar Street Food. Uh, My name is Paul Mann and I will be hosting this show today. Well, it is a very different episode to anything we've ever done before. It's a COVID special. Now, if you haven't heard of the word COVID-19 by now, you must have been on a coma, Mars, on the moon, down the cave. I don't know what's happened to you is... A world pandemic, and we're all having a shit time because of it. Basically,
1: to help me talk through it, I've been joined by Alex Everson. Hi, Alex. Paul. Good afternoon. This is a very weird time to be speaking to you, to be honest. At five to four on a Saturday, Normally it is. We're the weird. The yeah,
0: it just doesn't happen, doesn't it? It's strange. It is such a strange thing because obviously, if you're in Reading, fan, you'll know that the Reading game was called off along with all the EFL games all the Premier League games, every kind of sporting event that you could possibly imagine that has a kind of attendance of above like three, 4,000? Because there are
1: some National League games on today. What's the kind of average gate in that, would you reckon, Alex? I have no idea. A couple of thousand. I think Maidenhead can get around 2,000 capacity, something like that. So you yeah. might get a couple which get a little, little higher, I guess, today. But then none of them are going to hit 10,000, are they? No,
0: no, no. So all the kind of like big events are all called off in the rugby union. Everything's gone. Now, people have lots of thoughts about this. Should it still be on? Should we still be playing games? The government advice was that these things shouldn't be cancelled because the possibility of transmission inside, outside, where football grounds obviously are, was limited. What do you think, Alex? Do you think they made the right decision?
1: Um, I think it's kind of a forced decision really once you see all the other leagues across Europe making that decision the Liga obviously got called off um you hear Arsenal Man City got called off during the week and you don't it's difficult for the I think for the FA and well not the FA but the, the Premier League and the EFL to, to not call it off when we're, we're we're a country which has already been infected with COVID it's what can you really do say oh yeah it's uh we'll 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 keep playing games for another couple of weeks while all the other teams across the continent have stopped because of it and are trying to i don't know trying to basically not not carry on games um so it almost seems like a a forced decision i guess for the efl and the premier league i don't really think and I think once you know, once you start getting players and managers infected, what are you going to do? You can't really carry on games because not a fan's really going to want to pay to come and see a half, you know, half a team because you've got four of your players infected. It's it, no, no fan's going to want to pay whatever a ticket price would be in the Premier League—forty pounds—to go and watch a, a Leicester team which has got four players missing, for example.
0: No, and also the fact is that. <laughs> You know, some people will be listening to this and thinking COVID-19 isn't going to be that bad for them. And that's totally true. For the vast majority of the population, it won't actually affect the individual who gets it that badly. Most healthy people below the age of, I don't know, let's say 60. Most people below that age and maybe even below 70. My dad's listened to this and he's a little bit over 70, but don't be nervous, Dad. You're going to be okay. It's kind of a little bit... I understand that they're thinking that, but the problem is then they transmit it on to everyone else. And I'm part of one of those groups. I'm in the vulnerable group, which is kind of like, I hate using that word about myself, but I'm a heart lung transplant patient. Uh, I had that many years ago. I have cystic fibrosis. So I can actually die from just normal flu. Obviously that hasn't happened to me. But I know people who've had huge amounts of their lung function, with the same operation as me, lose up to 50% of their lung function just from flu. So this is even worse than flu. So I am now in that group that is vulnerable to this, and I can't really go outside very often at all. Now I go outside for a couple of walks a day. I won't go into any shops. The thought of going into a pub, I walk past a pub. Which is very near to my house, and it, it's beginning to bring tears down my face that I can't go in there. Just want to go in there at some point. But it's not that long, but oh, it's Definitely
1: difficult, Alex, isn't it? Sorry? You thought you had pop in, have a quick, swift one before anybody else yeah. comes in, and then leave again. But
0: yeah. yeah, I could. It's like the dicing with death game, isn't it? I mean, who knows? I could get it, and I could be fine. Like, it's not impossible, but. There is no cure for this. That is the big difference between flu and actually this COVID-19 is there's no treatment for it. And it's a bit of a worry. And I do think there's going to be mental health problems rising from this because there's anxiety because we don't know where we stand. We don't know how it's going to continue. We don't know how long it's going to go on for. But, you know, that is such a tough time. And with the football you can normally take your mind off all these issues. And Reading FC, God, they've turfed up some absolute crap in the last few years. They really have. Let's not be around the bush here. But we'd all love to go there and watch them get thumped today, wouldn't we? Just so we could go to the football and go and enjoy it. What do you think, Alex? Do you think, like, would you like um, to actually, you're at the point when you'd like to go and watch us lose?
1: Uh <laughs> I don't think I'd like to see us lose but yeah. go to a game, go to a game at the very least which is yeah. reading um i mean i know maidenhead are on today as, as you said earlier but it's not quite the same is it uh so yeah i think it's a it's probably i'm not quite at that point yet um i know lots of people are probably at the point where well maybe not lots but there's definitely a good proportion of people who are probably starting to get told to you know work from home um don't come into an office if you're an office worker um, we're not going to have as many people working potentially if you work in retail this kind of thing and for a lot of people if you go to Reading that is your you know that is your weekend that's what you do on a Saturday and all of a sudden it's not there and it's not like the off season where you can say oh that's all right we've got pre-season and we've got transfer rumors and friendlies to look forward to and you know what? It's been a quite a long season. I need a little bit of a break. This time it's mid-season, and actually, there's no real ending to it at the minute. No one knows when it's going to end. I know there's a there's obviously the April fourth date as like the next review date for the for the EFL and the Premier League to look at um, potentially starting games, but I think everybody seems to be quite aware that that date is very, very unlikely to be kind of the starting point. So it's just a waiting game, I guess, for a lot of fans as to when the next game might be. And for a lot of people, that's going to impact them. I don't think necessarily with them realizing it yet, but three, four, five weeks down the line, when you know you've been stuck at home for three weeks, working, and then not really been able to do much at the weekend because generally your, you know, your weekends are filled with going to football watching football and talking about the football you're yeah you're going to struggle potentially in three or four weeks time so it's it's going to be tough for people even though they don't necessarily realize it just yet i think so much chat is about
0: sport though isn't it in life in general i find that you can like talk about, there's so many different sporting things with you, Alex. It's an American sport with NFL and all that. Me, it's more like in the cricket and it's football. Those are the two main things. But I can talk about virtually any sport. You know, we can all be experts in absolutely everything and really know nothing about them. But we're, oh, we're lacking was, that, aren't we now? Yeah,
1: I mean, I was saying today at home, um, to my behalf, I was like... Uh even though the football's not on, I would quite happily have just watched another sport. I would have gone and watched rugby today if it had been on. Like, I I, I just want something competitive to watch. Yes, Something where I can pick a team and be like, oh, I want them to win. And instead, there's nothing. Well, uh, like
0: you say that, but my girlfriend who's an Irish fan, she's upstairs right now, while recording this, listening to Kings Lynn play someone on Radio Norfolk.
1: (laughs) Because she wants to listen to a football match commentary. That much. I mean, that is isn't it <laughs> yeah that is that is commitment to uh to some to some kind of some kind of sport there
0: I'm not, yeah. not
1: quite sure I'm at that point yet but maybe, in yeah, a week's time. maybe
0: it's more about getting away from me but we can look into that deeper can't <laughs> we <laughs> this is kind of... that's, that's going to be a podcast for four or five weeks time I think yeah I think well I think four or five hours probably yeah <laughs> it's kind of so how do you think we should finish the season because obviously Reading are mid-table we're completely safe I mean we're oh, nine games to go, isn't it? So there's been lots of talk of variable finishes, people saying that they should cancel the league. Karen Brady, conveniently West Ham in the Premier League, are in fourth from bottom. So not surprising that she's a big fan of that one. I can't see that happening though.
1: I think that one's very unlikely that they're just gonna avoid the season. Um I can obviously see why Karen Brady has got that opinion, maybe if her West team West Ham team weren't quite that bad then maybe she wouldn't have that opinion um for me I I mean I think it's a difficult one really because you whatever you pick you're going to disadvantage somebody um I think the fairest is probably just going to have to be get to get to a point where teams and people can go to games again and players can play games again and finish out the season whether it's behind closed doors or whether it's behind like whether it's in front of fans it's not irrelevant but it's it's probably not the main you know main main talking point currently um when that is is obviously going to affect what happens after um for reading it doesn't i don't really think it matters whether you end the season now or if you play out the last nine games it I know we've spoken a, a small amount, a very small amount that Reading could have got to the playoffs if they go on a running uh, you know, run a runner form, but realistically it's it's very unlikely. Um and again, relegation is kind of similar. It's very unlikely. So it's for us, it's not really gonna make much of a difference. Um I think Reading are just gonna kinda of play out the season. the I guess the the outcome is that you're going to end up with a season which probably ends in, let's say, for example, the football begins again in late May, early June. As an example, the Euros have been postponed. You're probably going to end up finishing that season six weeks later, say seven weeks later in sometime in late July. Then what do you do? Do you have a pre-season start season in September? Do you just go straight into the next season? What happens to players? There's a lot of questions which have to be answered. And, does anybody really have that much trust in UEFA and FIFA to really come up with the answers no, like probably not in all honesty um so i can see a situation where this season becomes a mess and this season being a mess is going to affect next season being a mess as well and we're going to end up with two years of like or two seasons of just messy tables messy football well, it's going to
0: be years isn't it because yeah Possibly Euro 2020 will be moved to 21, but then in 22 we've got a Winter World Cup as well. Yes, it's going to be constant, so that means players will be playing constantly for two years. I can probably see
1: a point where we end up with like a short season next season. Yeah, I think that's that's more possible. Um, Depending on again when we start this season, but I can certainly see a. Scenario where we get rid of like domestic cups in Europe next season, and there is yeah, no that... domestic cups, yeah. um, maybe no international friendlies, no Nations League. Yeah. So then you end up with a case of you, you've eliminated maybe, I don't know, eight, nine, ten match days there, and all of a sudden teams can start to play midweek as well. Um, suggesting that one of my friends said to me earlier today was that European competitions might go to straight knockout games that could happen, get rid of two-legged matches. So, I mean, even if next season does start late, there's no necessary reason that it finishes late as well. You could work it out, but the problem is you obviously need 55 different member associations on the FIFA, um, under UEFA to agree to this and all of the leagues under UEFA to agree to it. For them all to end roughly the same kind of, or not to end roughly the same time, but more to agree... That the Euros is going to be kind of like the cut-off point, um, and that is, that's going to be just very tough. I think you, you really need one of you really need UEFA or FIFA, I think, to to basically kind of say this is when we're starting the season next, and and have each of the football associations kind of work around it somehow within their own league. But given their kind of slow response time so far to different things, I wouldn't really have that much confidence in them doing that.
0: No, I mean, the, like, if the official announcement from the EFL was is postponed until at least April 3rd or 4th, which kind of, you know, they know realistically that's not going to be happening anytime soon. I mean, I've seen people saying that projection of the start of the Premier League could be as far away as September because we just do not know how long this is going to last. And the problem is, if we go past the peak point, which is, you know, predicted, we're all working on things that we don't really know, but we hear the prediction is the middle of June to hit the peak for number of people having it. Well, if you start having mass events in July, it can make you go back up again.
1: <laughs> it's so, it's Yeah, just because it's yeah. the peak doesn't mean that necessarily yeah. everybody has... Uh past yeah. that point so there, there yeah. will be like people with immunity
0: and I know this podcast is telling a lot about health but it's inevitable isn't it because it's such a massive topic at the moment but we will have some more Reading FC kind of like stuff in here because uh we need stuff that takes us from a kind of like this quite heavy topic to something a little bit lighter so how do you want to wrap that one up then Alex it's kind of we just don't know where we are are we
1: no um i don't we're we're not going to for at least three four weeks like like you said there's no football till april 3rd 4th is it as a minimum yeah and if the peak is expected in the uk in 12 weeks then we're not we're we're not seeing football probably until after after at least june july august and then it's yeah as i said it's going to be a case of trying to work out what we're going to do with next season as well as this season when they when they get around to kind of sorting that out um seen a few different kind of options but i think it's it's a case of just waiting sitting on your hands until you see what actually comes out there's a lot of different options and every option has a good and a bad side to it so it's just going to be a case of wait it out i think on the positive, Leeds United might not get promoted, and that would be so sweet. <laughs>
0: that would be so sweet. I think
1: I think there's a lot, there must be a lot of worried people in Leeds and Liverpool currently that they might void the season. Um my my best friend is a Liverpool fan and he's he's actually getting married in a couple of weeks' time and he, he said to me that his main worry at the minute is that Liverpool might not win the title. Not that his wedding might not go ahead. So he's he said he's got a little bit of concern for that, but he's um yeah, I think he's He's quite concerned that all of a sudden Liverpool's title is going to get taken away from them. Now, COVID is going to bring mass destruction to murder
0: people, but it would be slightly worth it, just for those two teams not to win it. To have Liverpool just to have such an amazing season and then go, nice try, but it wasn't really achieve anything. You know, I'm good back. effort. <laughs> uh, yeah, must try harder next season. So let's have a talk about the players over the season. I know technically the season is not over, but there's a massive gap now. So let's talk about our player of the season for Reading FC. Who are you going to put in your top three, Alex?
1: My top three in no particular order. Yeah. Raphael. Even despite the fact I've been quite critical sometimes on of him on this podcast. Um, Mete. Again, despite the fact I've been quite critical of him on this podcast sometimes. And John Swift would be my top three, I think. Uh, Not in that order, but that would be my top three.
0: Yeah, yeah, I would definitely have John Swift in there. I think I put out one in a chat the other day that I would have Michael Morrison in it. I'm not sure. I think Yaku Meite has to be in there, really, because he's getting the goals, isn't he? Again, whatever we think of him as technical...
1: He is delivering. It feels like he's really the only mainstay in that team as well. Alongside Ajaria and Swift.
0: Yeah, I'd put Swift in there. Swift um, would be my number one. because I think he's been fantastic this season. I know he had an off spell between December and kind of into January as well. I see that. But let's look at the four months before that and in the last few weeks as well. I think he's really upped his game under Mark Bowen as well. I think his... Set pieces are still erratic. They did have a good spell, but they've also had a very poor spell. But only last week against Bournemouth City set one up from a set piece. So it kind of,
1: I think he's a quality player and he's a player we wouldn't want to lose. It definitely feels like his set pieces, as you say, have been up and down throughout the season. But it's, his set pieces in, from corners have been poor, whereas his set pieces free kick-wise have actually been quite good. As you say, he set one up against Birmingham. He set one up against Barnsley. Um, it's definitely been—I was a season, not sure if I'm off the top of my head—but there's there has been goals this season which he's set up directly from free kicks. So I find it a struggle to say he's been poor from set pieces uh, overall. But yeah, corners, not for you, John Swift. <laughs> no, it's weird.
0: He can do go for a little spell
1: of a few matches, and he looks brilliant on them. And then would... he just keeps on hitting the first man. He's just like... I will give John Swift a little bit of a defence, despite the fact I've told him don't take corners. There definitely is a, a a tendency with Reading at the minute to be aiming at that near man I think, because there is a often quite uh, there's often quite a obvious tactic where we have a player running towards the near post trying to win a flick on to the back post for a Morrison or a Miazga. Um, I, it's only worked a couple of times, but if it works, you're going to get a very, very good opportunity at goal. So, swift hitting the near man is maybe a tactic rather than a yeah, fault of his own, I guess. And I would say that during the period when
0: his set pieces have been worse, Matt Miazga hasn't been playing. And he's a target that they always try and hit at a near post. Then there was Just before he got injured, he really should have had two or three goals there. It was going to work at some point. I mean, probably in training, he's fantastic at it. He's probably banging them in every single week. But... I don't know. It's such a strange situation that we're in now, player of the season, when really it's not the end of the season, but we're very near to it. But what would you say has been your favourite match of this season
1: so far, Alex? Favourite match this season? Hmm. I've enjoyed a few games this season. I've really disliked a few games this season. I'd say my favourite match has probably been Fulham away. 2-1 at Fulham away, was that was pretty pretty great um that was kind of the first game where you saw us and we played a team which was a, kind of above us and truly above us which Bowen had beaten um I know we'd be impressed a few days before that I didn't I didn't see Preston so I don't couldn't really have that as my favorite game but the Fulham game was kind of the first time I saw a team under Bowen and thought we're taking it to a team which is above us in the league and beating them at their place quite convincingly um yeah like both, both goals in that game were decent counter-attacks um we looked very solid at the back i mean despite the fact they scored we looked very solid at the back the whole game so there was a yeah i'd, I'd say fulham away was definitely one um yeah i quite enjoyed forest away as well yes that was another the way he
0: came it, back it showed fight inspire spirit didn't it
1: yeah my my favorite games this season have all definitely been against teams higher up in the league where we've had to kind of play up if that makes sense
0: yeah the, yeah the preston uh mark bones first match 97th yes. minute uh, winner we didn't play well at all really but neither did preston but just that moment at the end when he runs into the crowd, it's kind of like such a key moment for Mark Bowen, there, isn't it?
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, if he'd come away from that game with a draw, well, a loss especially, all of a sudden after that, after, after the reaction he got when he started, it's uh, that would have been just a nightmare for him. Whereas coming in getting a win off the bat against a team which was in the playoffs at that point, that was just a, it was a real kind of positive to his start.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think he's made a really consistent start and that's one of the things uh, I've enjoyed about watching him. Yeah, there's been some downs definitely with Mark Burns so far. We go like into a really horrible place when we talk about the Wigan match at home, which was rubbish and was unacceptable. And I'm not going to kind of like change my thoughts on that just because we've done well since. I think it's only because the manager's come out and said that and I'm sure he made that clear to them in the dressing room. That we've probably improved since then. Um, you know, we didn't play fantastic in the game after, which I think was against Barnsley, which we yeah, won to now. It wasn't... Yeah, we didn't play great at all. Barnsley definitely could have had some goals, But in the next match when we played against Birmingham City, rubbish first half, but we still stayed in the game somehow. A little bit of luck, but the second half, Birmingham had a lot of the ball. It didn't actually look like we were going to score, did they, really?
1: No, uh, I'm mean, Birmingham. That game were second half had all the ball, had all the had all the possession outside the area. But realistically, I can't remember any chances they made in the second half. To be honest, except for the except for the Bellingham um, the Bellingham dive. kind of pull <laughs> slash dive. Yeah. Uh, so it was there wasn't really there wasn't much on on um, Reading's defense there in the in the second half, and we did play well. So, yeah, unfortunately, that is going to be the last memory many people have of Reading for the next couple of months. So, (laughs) definitely. Well, it's a a good one, right? Exactly. Yeah,
0: just imagine if we were going into this period on like a run of five defeats or something. I mean, that would be not a good place for the players
1: to be going into. (laughs) I can only imagine that the the reaction, if, if the Wigan game had been the last game before we had three months off. Um, people just would have been just going apoplectic at the 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 club uh, would not have been would not have been a fun place to be around,
0: yeah, thoughts with the social media person there if that would have been the case, but thankfully, it wasn't we got a couple more wins, so thanks a lot for listening. We will be back at some point, maybe a weekly pod, maybe one every two weeks. we're not quite sure. see what happens. but if you have any ideas of what you'd like us to talk about, any topics at all. Just get in touch with us because we're open to everything. And, you know, we need some stuff to talk about, don't we, really? Because the team, they're not there. But most of all, I want to finish on this uh, line is basically wash your hands because you can save lives by doing that. And don't be dirty bastards by not doing it in general. Okay, then. Cheers.